Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. How good was last Sunday's message from Pastor Peter Jacobs? Ah, come on, we only deliver the best. And uh, Monique was preaching in the Dutch service, and she just rolled out story after story after story after story. And uh, I don't have as many stories. In fact, um, my stories of transformation, I usually like to ensure they are at least 10 years old. Um, so I can say, this is what I was like, but look at me now, how awesome I, am I now? Um, but I do have a story for you that's a little more recent um, about a change I should have made. And uh, so this morning, I uh, left the house to go and pray, and I was wearing shorts. Uh, that was a mistake, just sharing my vulnerabilities with you. I should have checked the temperature and the weather. It was 32 degrees yesterday morning where I was. And uh, I think uh, it felt like minus 15 this morning <laughs> as I left the house in shorts. Uh, it's a terrible thing when you have to put trousers back on after spending an entire summer in shorter trousers. Who agrees with me? <clears throat> All right, turn with me to Mark chapter 10 and verse 42. Mark chapter 10, verse 42. I've called this message the, a profile of a servant, a profile of a servant. I'll explain that as we uh, journey through this. Um, but we're going to be, this is more like a teaching message, trying to sum up some practical points about servanthood that brings the series together. So Mark chapter 10, Jesus gives us like the essence of what a servant is in this passage. It says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world love it, uh, sorry, lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Everyone say it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Fantastic. So right here we have like the job description of a servant. It's, um, uh, the, the key point here is in verse 43 where he says, but among you it will be different. I find it interesting that it's no different today, that leadership, the concept of leadership is one that uh, lords it over rather than one that serves. So this is as appropriate today as it ever has been uh, from the day it was written. We need to learn that servanthood is the essence of our life's job description. Until the third century BC, it was understood that the world was flat. In fact, it was like a disc that floated in an ocean with a dome of sky over the top. That was, that was our understanding of what the earth was like. And then between the 3rd century BC until about, um, until about the 1800s, so a very long development of, a, of hundreds of years, uh, a gradual realization came to us, well not to us, but to, to, um, to a few wonderful scientists called Copernic, C C C somebody, C 
Copernicus, Galileo, and Kepler, they sort of started, uh, did I say 1800s? I mean 1500s. Uh, that the world was not flat. Folks, the world was not flat, it was round. But not, not only did they discover that the world was like a sphere, they discovered that the world... Um, did, uh, did not, uh, the sun did not move around the earth, but the earth moved around the sun. Now, so shocking was this, it was considered heretical. It was considered um, by the church at the time as blasphemous to even say this. It was dangerous for them to be making these proclamations. Now, of course, we understand it. We need to realize what Jesus is saying here is equally shocking. He might as well have said... Uh, Guys, listen up. I know you think the world is flat and it flows, floats in, in an ocean of water and you got this nice little dome of sky over it. It's not. And I know you think that the sun moves around the, the earth as if the earth was the center of the universe, but it's not. The sun is the center and we move around it like a sphere. Shock horror. What he is saying is, I know you think that, the, that everything spins around you but it doesn't, because you're different. You spin around others. Your world is not self-centric. It's not self-orientated. It's other-orientated. Remember um, the three C's of four weeks ago? Um, that we're not about others spinning around us. It's not about how many selfies of me can I take, but how many pictures of you and a, a praise and honor of you can I give because my life is meant to help make your life work better. That's, a, that's really what Jesus is saying. And as, as much as it was a shock to them at the time, it will be a shock today if that was the mantra we were brave enough to live by. Guys, you will get to the top by serving, not get to the top by lording it over. Anybody with me right now? Uh, it was a gravitas situation. Interesting to note, he says, um, he says here, uh, somewhere, he says here, he says, whoever wants to be a leader, he's not putting down ambition. It's okay to be ambitious. What he's saying is, if you're going to be ambitious, make sure you get to the place you're wanting to get to by the right means. That is by loving and serving not by lording it over. So what I want to do is take this passage and put together a profile of five things that make up a servant according to these words of Jesus. You know what a profile is. It's like the silhouette, the outline of something. I've got one for you here right now. This is a silhouette of me, obviously. As soon as you look at that silhouette, that profile, you would think that's my pastor, Steve Warren. Look at those Anyway, you can take that off. Thank you very much. That's what we call a profile. If I were to describe to you someone's character and, and embellish on the description of that character, you might guess who I'm talking about. That's the profile, the character profile of a person. And so what I'm going to do for you is give you the profile, the outline of a servant according to how Jesus describes it right here. And so my first thought for you is this, uh, is that in a silhouette or a profile, the posture is what stands out. How the person is standing is what stands out. And so the profile of a servant is one that, is, is one that is, uh, has a sense of self-respect because it's a person who 
gives respect. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, Peter says this, show proper respect to everyone. That sort of doesn't leave anybody out, does it? Let's show respect to everyone. It's a posture that's upright. It's not got a stiff back and a stiff neck because of pride or, or ego. It's just someone who is self-assured and confident in who they are, enough to be willing to respect everyone they meet. You see, to respect others, you've got to learn to respect yourself. To be confident to respect others, you've got to be happy with who you are. If you're not happy with who you are, you tend to put others down too, because that's the way of inflating yourself. But when you know who you are, and when you can stand upright and smile, you'll be willing to thank people as you meet them. You know, as I walk into church, I, I love to be greeted. It's wonderful. We all love to be greeted. But it's wonderful to greet back and, and say, thank you for the welcome. It's awesome. Nice to see you. So it's not about me just receiving the welcome. It's about me showing respect and being grateful for the welcome. And you don't need to know the person to be able to respect them. You can respect anyone. You're not, you're not going to trust anybody everybody, but you can respect everybody because respect is about who they are. They're a human being made by God. That's all you need to know. Therefore, they're deserving of your respect. God loves them. Therefore, we can love them. Trust is about how they are. That is about their character. Therefore, you're not going to trust immediately until their trust is earned. Does that make sense? You're going to respect everybody, but we're not going to trust everybody. You can respect someone for the position they hold, for the fact they're simply your neighbor, for the fact they're a human being breathing. You're going to respect. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks for what you've done. You can be grateful to everyone without necessarily trusting your life to them. Whilst trust is earned, respect is given. Trust takes time, but respect can be given instantly. Romans 2, 10, 12, 10 says this, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I, I could preach a whole message on this concept of respect because I honestly believe that when a place has respect in it, something can flow through that organization. If, if there's respect in your company, the mechanism of that company will do well. It just helps make the cogs work better. When there's respect and honor in church, something can flow. Something of God can flow through the house because it's a place of honor and dignity. So, church, the profile of a servant has posture that shows respect. The other thing you notice about the profile of a servant is their hands. Their hands are ready and waiting. It says in verse 43, whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everybody else. Whoever wants to. So imagine a, if this was a profile of a servant. You got the profile? Is this my best side? Not, or is this my best side? The other one. All right, thanks. So your hands are out. Your posture's strong because you're a person of self-respect and, and dignity, giving respect. But you're ready for action. You're ready to serve. Whoever is willing to, whoever is wanting to, that is to say it's a choice. It's a choice that is willing. It's a choice that's ready for action. That is that you and I as servants are willing to do so 
That is, you're not forced to do so, and you're fast in your response. We all hate slow service, right? We all hate getting stuck on a voicemail queue on the phone. I've noticed some restaurants, they, they, will, they will take a while to get to you, and when they do, they take your drink order, and then they disappear for 10 minutes, come back with your drinks, and then they disappear again. And you wonder where they've gone. And, and then a half an hour later, they're back to take your food order. And, uh, and you're going, come on, I, I, I'm hungry. So I, if I don't know a restaurant, if it's unfamiliar to me, I, I grab their attention quick and I order everything right at the start, just in case I don't see them again for a while. Because I hate slow service. We, um, uh, we were in Croatia for a couple of weeks on holiday and we, we did a lot of water activity. Uh, when you've got teenage kids and, and, a, and a, hyper, a hyper energetic father, you've got to have holidays that are active. We have to. And so we did a bit of water sport. And, uh, and there was this one um, inflatable couch. Uh, that's exactly what they called it. It's a, a water couch that get, gets pulled along by, a, by a, a large engine speedboat. And you go at some incredible speed through the sea bouncing around, sitting on a couch. It's not quite as comfortable as it sounds. Um, as, as you fly in the air, crashing down on the wave, you do feel it. But it was a lot of fun. But as we were about to get into it, they noticed there was a, a leak in this couch. It was, it was deflating. Uh, but what really impressed me was the speed at which they dealt with that problem. They, the, the back of the beach was only 10 meters away, but they ran to the back of the beach. They knew they had a customer waiting. We'd already paid. They didn't have to do that. They got the money anyway. But they ran to the back of the beach, fixed up the problem, ran back, quickly inflated this couch. As quickly as they could, they attached it to the boat and we were off. Do you know how that made us feel? It made us feel like we were VIPs, purely through the fact that they were fast. Don't you hate it when someone is just sort of acting so cool that you know, they've registered the fact they need to do something for you? But they're looking like it would be sort of breaking the coolness factor if they were to look like they were working too quick for you. So they just slow everything. Yeah, in my time, I'll, you know, just when I'm ready, I'll, I'll work it out for you. Because you don't feel like you're being blessed for what you're meant to be given. We love service when it's willing, when it's responsive, when it's fast, when it's humble. One of the greatest stories in, in the Bible of, of examples of servanthood is the story of the servant who was sent out by Abraham to find a wife for Abraham's son, Isaac. Uh, Abraham said to the servant, go back to my homeland and I want you to search out a wife for my son, Isaac, from amongst our family tribe. And so the servant goes off on a trek with his 10 camels and uh, just hoping he's going to find a woman good enough for Isaac. By then, Abraham's a wealthy man. He's a man of great significance. So it was very important that Isaac was found the, the appropriate matching woman. But what was most impressive was the servant had the same heart as Abraham. He wasn't looking for a woman who impressed outwardly. He was looking for a woman who impressed inwardly, uh, a genuine um, servant of a woman who had strength about her and character about her, had a profile that we're talking about here. And so he says to God, I want you to show me the right person. As he came, comes to a well, he sees a woman coming out who we now know is called Rebecca. And he says, if she uh, asks, if she offers me a drink, 
and my camels also, then I know she's the right one. If she was to prepare to go the extra mile, I know she will be the one for Isaac. And so as he approaches the well, Rebecca sees him coming and says, can I offer you a drink? Oh, that would be very nice. Thank you very much. So she offers him a drink and he drinks it back. And then she says, can I, can I drink, can I, can I, what do you say? What's the word when you give water to someone? Can I drink your camels? No, can I feed your camels? Yes, can I water your camels? Thank you very much. Can I water your camels also? And so he says, yes. Now, you've got to understand that to fetch the water, the well is down several steps to get down to the well. And, uh, and I forget how many bucketfuls per camel she would have needed. I think it was about five to make sure that they were each adequately watered. Uh, and so she's walking down the steps to the, to the well bottom, filling up the bucket, bringing it back up to water a camel, back down again, five times per camel. That's like 50 trips to water this tribe of camels. You're getting a picture of a woman who's got character about her, who's not shy to show service, who's, who's not afraid to go the extra mile. And so therefore we have this profile of someone who was, who was ready to marry an influential man. And so, of course, she ends up going back with him, marries Isaac, and the rest is history. All be- her future was opened up because she was willing, she was fast, she was humble, and she was responsive. A servant, uh, serving means doing it the way the other person would like, not the way you would like. We'd all love to be that servant, having an opportunity to be watered, but uh, how many of us would like to be Rebecca doing the watering? It's just a rhetorical question. He didn't answer it. Um, so you've got the posture. You've got the hands. And then there are the legs. The legs are ready for action. The legs are the part of the body that takes you into action. Without legs, you've got no direction, no purpose. And if there's anything that really speaks to us about this passage in Mark, it's the fact that It wasn't just that serving was important. You get the impression serving was the purpose. Serving obviously is important, but Jesus tells us in verse 45, he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. The legs talk about purpose. Serving is our very purpose. It's not one of those things that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it when I get round to it or when I've been in the church long enough, I'll offer to serve or it's just part of who you are made to be. You are made to serve. And so why is it we find often reasons not to? Uh, like we try and manage our PR or something. It's, it's like, well, if I did that, that wouldn't make me look right or if I if I did that job that that wouldn't sort of suit my nature or and so we we do this constant self-PR managing trick rather than just throwing ourselves into serving rather than going this is what I was built for this is what I'm made for it's in my DNA to help other people's lives be better to help others rise to the top to serve with other people's interests at heart. It is the core of who I am. When our identity is in Christ, we don't seek it elsewhere. We don't seek it in what we do. You don't go, well, I, you know, 
I seek my identity in my work and therefore I do this and this and this, but I don't do this, this and this because that'll damage my identity. Our identity has been lost to Christ. So we do whatever it takes to help other people's lives get elevated. And Jesus set the example. We can therefore give to others the energy we have knowing that we will receive back. Here's the other thing I notice is that so, some people, and I hear this a lot, I, so I, I'm, I'm tired or I'm, I'm stressed or I'm burnt out. And, and the greatest way to avoid burning out is to be giving away. Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. He says, as you water others, so yourself will be watered. If you refresh others, so you will yourself be refreshed. The most tiring life is a self-orientated life. The quickest way to burn out is to make sure you're serving yourself only. The fastest way to stay refreshed is to fulfill your purpose in life and to have legs that run and serve, to have legs that, that are out there active, looking to elevate others. Verse 43 says, whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Whoever wants to. It sounds, as I said earlier, it sounds a bit like ambition. Pastor Phil Pringle says this. He says, a large percentage of our destiny is tied up in other people. How true is that? So as I, as I begin to serve, and as I begin to serve alongside other people, so pieces of, of their servanthood and pieces of my servanthood sort of blend together, and, and we make this big picture, this whole picture that fulfills a purpose. The fastest way you will discover your purpose in life is to start serving. Because I need you and you need me. I need what Shord Vanderklei has to offer. I, I, I need uh, everything about his gifting, his skill, his personality. I need what Pastor Peter has to offer and Louie. And, uh, I need all of you. And you need me. Your life is better because of me and my life is better because of you. And together we discover our purpose as we serve alongside each other. I'm only doing what I'm doing today because I made sort of slow shy, nervous steps as an early believer to, to find my way serving in church and serving in life and, and, and sort of gradually saying yes to things as I was asked to do it. And, and eventually I discover what I'm made to do. I discover my purpose in life. And as I discover my purpose in life and as I begin to run in my purpose in life, I realize I need people even more. That only a small percentage of what God's called us to do to bring uh, a sense of uh, salvation to our city, a, a sense of life and hope to our city. Only a small part of achieving that is in me. A large part of that is in all of you. And as we serve side by side, we discover purpose. As Jesus says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. That my life will be here for salvation. You can hear the ring of purpose in it. And I'm saying to us today, I'm calling us today to serve with a sense of purpose. I did not come that you would serve me, but I came that I would serve you. So together we could bring a hope to our neighborhood and a purpose to this city that they haven't yet seen because we're driven by a purpose and a hope that they don't yet know. Anybody into that? And so whatever you do, you could be, you could be hoovering the floor, cleaning the floors. You're not just cleaning the floors. You're making this place a wonderful place to come to. 
So every person that walks into the building goes, oh, I feel at home here. What are you doing? You're achieving purpose. Why? Because what is our purpose? That every person would be transformed and empowered. That every person would be able to say, I feel at home here. So you're not just cleaning the floors. You're achieving a purpose that you are meant to achieve. It's way more significant than you might ever imagine. Servanthood and honor opens gates to futures. It opens gates to the future of those we serve, and it opens gates to our own futures. And uh, um, I looked through I looked through several profile pictures in Google, and uh, what you notice in many of them is that the distinguishing factor, believe it or not, is the hair. You go, that could be anybody until you see the hair on it, and then it sort of sometimes gives away the gender. I can see that's a girl now, or I can see that's a guy now. Not to be stereotypical, if you have short hair and you're a girl, that's fine, but it's sort of, there's distinguishing marks that that create at the turn a silhouette or a profile from just being a profile into a person. And, and one of those is the hair. Go and, go and look through Google and try it out yourself and you realize the hair brings a sense of personality to the person. And that should be true also of a servant. You are unique. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that we have different types of gifts and different types of service. So when you, when you offer yourself in, as a servant, you're not, you're not losing who you are. You're bringing who you are. You're bringing color into that, that serving action. You're bringing, bringing life and personality into it. You can be a greeter on the door and, and go, well, somebody else is already doing that. No, nobody else is doing it like you're doing it. Only you can do it like you're doing it. Only you can smile like you're smiling. Only you can shake a hand like you shake a hand. There's something unique about you, something of color that you bring to what you do that nobody else can do. In fact, one of the greatest things you could do in life is to realize you're unique and stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Please. One of the most freeing things I've discovered as a pastor is to stop, discuss, stop comparing myself to how other pastors do it, to how other preachers preach, to how other churches do it. I don't care. I am who I am, and I'm doing what I'm meant to do in the way, get this, in the way that I'm meant to do it. And so when I get all fired up and excited, and I jump up and down, I get passionate, and and, uh, and people go, well, you know, you know, today's millennials like it a little more reasoned. And I don't care. It's just who I am. I get excited and I'm passionate. And, I, and if you want one of those other types of churches, go to one of them. But we are an excitable, passionate sort of church. Jake, my eldest son, showed me a video this morning. Um, it was taken of an airline um, stewardess doing the safety procedure. And so she takes out the example of the belt that you buckle, showing you how to click it in and unclick it. Now, what she didn't realize was the crowd sitting at the front of the plane were all football fans off to watch a match, quite excited. So every time there was an announcement of anything, they all cheered and clapped. So she clicks the buckle in, and they're all going, yes! 
She unclicks it. And they're going, yes! Every, every part of the way through. And I turned to Jake and I went, that's like our church. Ferry gets up to do the announcements. Yes! You don't even know what he's requiring you to do yet. He's casting vision to the men. You didn't know that. But yes! That's just who we are. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of our unique identity. I'm proud of the fact that we can be enthusiastic and excited and yet rational, wise, sensible people all at the same time. Why not? Your unique. Bring your uniqueness to how you serve. Bring you to how you serve. Not any two of the 12 disciples were the same. And I love that, that Peter was impetuous and, and moody, and yet he was trying to, trying to allow himself to be shaped and changed by Jesus. And, and you got John, the son of thunder. I don't know whether that meant he was an angry sort of person, but in the end we know him as the, the, the um, he's called the apostle of love. So if he was an angry, thunderous man once, he obviously wasn't by the time Jesus had finished with him. But none of them were the same. You're unique. You're absolutely different. Finally, um, uh, one of the things that, that stands out on a profile, <clears throat> some of you will love this, some of you will hate this, but it's your nose. It sort of stands out on a profile a little bit and helps distinguish a servant or, or any, any profile of any person. And uh, it's, it's quite important because as a servant, you want to be that sort of person who smells out an opportunity to serve. If a servant is willing, if a servant is one who knows it's their purpose to do so, you don't wait to be asked. You see an opportunity and you go for it. You see a need and you meet it. You see a hurt, you see a hurt and you heal it. You sniff it out. You've got eyes for it. Jesus did that for you and I. He saw a need. He came to earth and he says, I am not here that you would serve me. I'm here that I would serve you so that you would find eternal life. Would we be a servant to others? Would we be a servant within God's house? Would we, a, would we be a servant in our workplace? Would we be a servant in our community that begins to sniff out opportunities? That notices where people are at? That creates a moment where we go, I'm going to help. I'm stepping in. Maybe my neighbor needs a hand right now. Maybe a colleague needs a hand right now. My orientation, my, my very posture is ready to show respect. Is my hands are ready to serve fast and willingly. I'm going to do it in the way I can do it. That is bring my personality. But I'm sniffing it out. I'm smelling it. Five things I know. If you and I were to do this, we would be, as Jesus said, you will be different. Never be afraid to be different. I want us to go into this city being different, being standout people, knowing that the world doesn't revolve around us, but we're there to make a difference in other people's lives. Let's close our eyes as we pray right now. Servant is fast. Servant is humble. Servant is willing. Servant is unique. It's respectful. Seize opportunities. Father, I pray today as we humble ourselves before you, 
you continue to shape us. We know this is not an easy subject to look at because our natural self fights against our spiritual self. And yet, Lord, as we bring this together, spiritual and natural, as we humble ourselves to fulfill our purpose, to be servants, we know we help create a better world. We know we become the light that shines in dark places. We know if we're ever promoted in our work, it's for the right reasons and motivations. Pray right now, be a fresh anointing on our church. Lord, I pray we'd be known for this. It'd be a hallmark of our church. C3 Church is known as a place where you learn to serve. people are humble and yet ambitious respectful and yet self-assured in Jesus name bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast we zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties